Good evening, Patriots. And it is again Thursday, February 3rd, 2022, just like it was on the previous show. Nothing's changed, except the world's probably gotten crazier than in the last two hours. That's just a guarantee in this day and age. Before we begin tonight, MyPillow.com, MyPillow.com forward slash Bards is the Bards Nation landing page for MyPillow. And there you're going to find all sorts of amazing savings with your promo code BARDS, B-A-R-D-S. And right now, whenever you use that promo code for anything you buy on the MyPillow site, you can get a, you will get a free copy of Mike Lindell's great book, His Story, about rising up from drug addiction to CEO and what that path meant for him in the walk with God. It's a great opportunity to get his book and at the same time get some amazing products there's all sorts of amazing sales on right now. Massive discounts on Giza sheets, 60% off. My pillows are down as low as $19.99. You have my slippers, 50% off. Sleepwear, 50% off for men and women. And all sorts of other, other amazing savings. Just use your promo code BARDS, B-A-R-D-S. You can use that anywhere on the My Pillow site, on the My Store site, on the Frank Speech site. And with every purchase you get a copy, or with your purchase, or however many purchase you make, purchases you make, you get a copy of Mike Lindell's great book for free. Again, MyPillow.com forward slash Bards is the landing page for Bards Nation, promo code Bards, B-A-R-D-S. Also, The Founders Bible, thefoundersbible.com. That's the Bible for our time in NASB 1995 edition. That Bible has our founding fathers' documents worked throughout the scripture, so you get a lesson in God's word and an unbelievable history lesson of how our founding fathers used scripture as a living language. If you use your promo code BARDS there as well, B-A-R-D-S, you'll get 20% off on these heirloom Bibles that are printed in the United States, one of the few Bibles that actually is printed in the United States. Unbelievable quality something you're going to want to keep in the family for a long time. And if you're a homeschooler, it's a lesson. It's a year's lesson built right in, if not a lifetime's of lessons. Again, thefoundersbible.com, promo code BARDS, B-A-R-D-S. Finally, Expedition, X-P-E-D, expeditioncoffee.com is the coffee of our time for the warrior of our time. Designed to give you a boost of energy and a sustained energy over the entire day with a clear focus on all things that we're doing. It's also the foundation to help reestablish the strength in our immune system. Our immune systems these days are under siege by a whole variety of issues from the environment that they're polluting with also all their sorts of inputs that they're doing to include the bioweapons that they've been deploying against us. So this is a critical time to keep that immune system up. Expedition Coffee, X-P-E-D, Expedition Coffee is part of that. With that goes as well as you'll find on that same page, expeditioncoffee.com, is are the products of the gut health triad, which help heal and seal your gut. Leaky gut is one of the critical ways that we our bodies become sick. And you have immune XP, which is an immune booster based on pine cone extract with high levels of vitamin C. You have Pure 47, which is the most refined silver extract currently on the market. It'll isolate all the pathogens that come into your body, including the full range of SARS-CoV nonsense that they keep throwing at us. And finally, Earth, which is a full body powdered supplement nutrient that you take each day, one scoop, mix it with water, drink it like a shake. It's a fantastic product. I use all of these every day. I, rave, I, I can't speak enough about them. They're great products. So check them out. Expedition, X-V-E-D, expeditioncoffee.com. Well, Patriots, one of the challenges we're going to continue to face in all of this fight is truth and resolve. I think those two things go hand in hand, truth and resolve. There is a real tendency, I, I would say even more than a tendency, there is a, there is a desire for many to see this battle, this war that we're in, end. And I think a lot of people just want to believe it's going to end quickly. And there's some things going on that are concerning because I, I don't think people are grabbing, and I'm not accusing anybody here, but I think it's very difficult for people to grab the context of the range and the depth and magnitude of this fight. We're dealing with an enemy that has decided that each and every one of us is going to become transhuman. 
And that's shared by all the elites. I just need to make that clear there. It isn't a, a thing of like, well, there's a few here that say you should be transhuman and a few that don't. All of the ruling elites, no matter what party they're in, have bought into this idea of transhumanism. They see that as the next evolutionary step for humanity. No one is speaking out against it. And I can prove it in a simple way. Tell me one person in the political spectrum that is saying stop the vax. I hear stop the mandates, but I don't hear one person say stop the vax. And they're not saying stop the vax because at the core of that, they believe in this concept of where we're going. They believe in the principles of advancing new medical science using mRNA or nanotech in the vaccines to, quote, keep us healthier. Healthy isn't the real term, but isn't the reality of it. But I think some probably do think it's a healthier step. This idea that, wow, we can update our immune systems and we can make ourselves better. We can have nanotech go inside our bloodstreams and they can heal those ills that we have. This is, this is a real problem. And while there's probably a sprinkling once in a while of a politician that might speak out against it, we don't have anybody in our, in our, city, in our leadership as a whole that's speaking out against stopping the vax. So that's one big issue. Then we, when we look across politics, and there's a lot of belief in wanting to see politics fix itself. It's kind of an interesting thing. I want you to think about this. If you go to a pedophile and you ask the pedophile to stop being a pedophile to kids, do you think he's going to stop himself? The answer is no. I hate to tell you. And right now we're dealing with a global cabal that's primarily made up of pedophiles. We, are, we have to start getting real about the depths of what this enemy really is and what we're facing as humanity in order to literally save ourselves. Because the war is on us. It's against us. It's to destroy us. And whether or not people are misled on the intentions, and some people believe that nanotech and transhumanism are good things, in the end, there is nothing good about that process of transitioning ourselves. The, the, part of, the worst part about all of this is no one's getting any say in this. They have just determined that for the betterment of the world, we are to be shifted to another existence, another type of human. Tomorrow, I'm going to get into a lot of this in the Bards FM show, some of the issues with some of the background with NASA, the, the Supreme Court ruling that if you have mRNA in your body, essentially you have become a licensable technology. You're no longer human. These things are very real. Proverbs 27.20, hell and destruction are never full, so the eyes of man are never satisfied. It's a rather profound and dark statement. The lust that man has for power and control over one another is never ending. It's one of our greatest flaws. And when we truly accept Christ in our life and walk truly with that intimate relationship with Christ, we start, we separate from much of that. But too many just don't have that walk. Too many walk an agnostic walk or believe that there is no such thing as God at all. And if they do have a relationship with God, it tends to be too many. For too many, it tends to be very shallow. It's more like this. Yeah, I believe in God. Well, what does that mean? What does it mean to truly be intimate with God? Because just giving a head nod isn't enough. And there's no promises on any of that. 2 Corinthians 2, 14 to 17. But thanks be to God, who in Christ always leads us in triumphal, triumphal procession and through us spreads the fragrance of of the knowledge of him everywhere. For we are the aroma of Christ to God among those who are being saved and among those who are perishing to one fragrance from death to death to the other fragrance from life to life. Who is sufficient for these things? For we are not like so many peddlers of God's word but as men of sincerity, as commissioned by God, in the sight of God, we speak in Christ. We are the fragrance. 
We are the aroma of Christ to God, to God, from Christ to God. Imagine that. And that concept is essentially we are, as we are walking through this, we are carrying the body of Christ. We are walking in the body of Christ. We are carrying that light for others to see and to experience. Our role is not small here. And this is a time right now when there are so many seeking and so many trying to find answers. And with this, let me tell you, these people in control understand that very clearly. They are constantly throwing out landmines. They are constantly throwing out distractions to pull people away from that pure sense of who we are. And I don't know where it has ever said or been decided by anybody other than some arrogant elites that humanity doesn't get a choice in the decision of the fact that they're going to be culled down, meaning reduced in numbers. They're all going to be tagged and chipped. They're all going to be pushed and transitioned into another level of existence where the real existence of things, the physical existence gets removed and the digital existence replaces it. And you will develop into being something transhuman or beyond is actually a term used, whatever that is. This is the war against us. And unfortunately, the large percentage of people, even if they've accepted the idea that there's a problem with the VAX mandates, aren't yet seeing the larger agenda of what is happening here. Most of these things, vax mandates, vax, mask, most of them are distractions because the real issue has always been a simple answer to all that they say, no, I'm not going to comply. And the bigger focus is where are you trying to take me? But people aren't asking that because they're assuming on this path that they have no choice. There's this very strange mythology that rolls around technology that somehow technology will magically just keep getting faster and greater and bigger, and we just have to adapt. No one ever asks if we should. They just say we will. And that's one of the most dangerous things we can ever be at. We don't ask if we should genetically modify something. We don't ask if we should create a chimera. We just say we can, so we must. That's exactly the wrong answer, and it's exactly why we are here. We must be wise enough to be able to see these things and to put our foot down and absolutely say no. And we have to encourage others to do the same. But much of that centers on a relationship with Christ, a belief in this intimacy and something greater. Sadly, so many people live with a measure and a strong a monicum of fear that they don't know what that is to be free from that. And fear is the mind killer. James 1, 14 to 15, but each person is tempted when he is lured and enticed by his own desires. Then desire, when it has conceived, gives birth to sin, and sin, when it is fully grown, brings forth death profound. We are all in one way or another sinners and we all know that. And you know how I feel about that. It's like, yes, we are sinners. So let's not waste any time and let's repent and daily accept the fact that no matter how hard you strive, you're going to stumble. The great thing is that Christ's sacrifice and his resurrection gave us that understanding that we can through him be forgiven. Our sins were forgiven through the through Christ, and that but that doesn't mean it's a free ticket where we go. Hey, guess what? Christ did it for me, so I'm all good. Thanks, God. I'll talk to you at the end of the end of the tour. This is a process that daily requires us to be humble enough to open our hearts and dig deep. And sometimes when we dig into those places, and I can even testimony give testimony to the fact that recently I've got into some old stuff, and I'm like, wow, okay, now I understand why I haven't wanted to face it. And when we get into those darker spaces and we're starting to confront ourselves in front of God, it's an intimidating moment. Even when we all think we've got everything under control, 
There's stuff in there we have to undo and unlock. That's in our hearts. And we have to be honest about it. And we have to give that testimony before God. And we have to ask for repentance before God. But then that repentance is to restore us up to the throne, to get us stronger again, not to make us weaker, not to be walking around with guilt. That's the church's game. And let me tell you, the the pulpit in our time is the peddlers of guilt. This is what they do best. They peddle guilt, they peddle guilt, they peddle guilt, and then they pass out the tray and they throw in a few cents in here and we'll make you better. Unfortunately, that isn't, that's not real. And it's because God didn't ask us to live a life to be guilty. Christ didn't die on the cross and then was resurrected for us to be guilty. What we were shown is the strength of what we have to do is to be honest, to be truthful in our heart, to open our heart and to be truthful with God. And that doorway to God, if you will, metaphorically speaking, with Christ now is through Christ to the Father. So as we speak to Jesus, as we have him there, as we talk to him and open our hearts, we're being heard. And it's a profound relationship. And that intimacy requires us to be honest. I always love these comments. God knows my heart. Yep, he sure does. The question is, do you? Do you know your heart? And every time we start to tell ourselves, yep, I know it, you better take a step back and take a breath and ask yourself what you just said. Because most probably there's something in there that doesn't want to be seen. And that's okay. Just find it. And then take the time to, to put yourself before the Lord and say, look, God, here I am. Here I am. I have got this muckiness all in me, and I know it. And we have to be honest with one another. This is what I see, and this is what I've, I've been holding back, and I need to put this before you, and I'm asking you, Father, for forgiveness. It's not a hard thing, but it is a hard thing because uh, instinctively, the way we are raised in this world is our mind seeks to protect us from the vulnerabilities that rest in our heart. And we do that because we're in a society where truth in front of you can be destructive. We are in a world where lies and the images that we create, the falsities, these false images of who we are, are what people want to see. Think about this. Think think about, just for example, fitness. If you are fitness doesn't meet the standard of what is being looked at as fit, we're not supposed to show ourselves unless we're trim and fit and fit a certain standard. But if you don't do that, there's a huge issue of people's self-consciousness because society tells you you are lesser, you are not equal, you are not as good. God didn't do that. Society did that and we accepted that. And as we accept that garbage in our head, we, we bring ourselves down. We depress ourselves. We make ourselves feel lesser. God made us perfect. So we have to be conscious of the fact that we are always trying to hide something. When we're before God, the trick is to open that heart up and to listen. I think everybody can pretty much tell between right and wrong. So if you have those little voices that come in, most everybody does, trying to tell you, like, you don't have to tell it. You don't have to say it. You don't have to worry about it. You can pretty much figure that's probably not the voice of God. Just saying. And those are those little whispers that try to take you off course and get you into those darker places. Be honest. Open your heart. Let God speak to you. Let God fill you. Let let the, the blood of Christ heal that. That's the most powerful thing. And I don't know where anybody is. I, I'm, when I talk like these things at night, I'm telling you from my own personal experience, walking a journey, knowing that just like the other day, I mean, I stumbled into something and I was like, <laughs> I started laughing. I was like, oh, good job, Scott. Now I understand why you wanted to sidestep that one. Because coming before God with that one felt a little awkward. Okay, so what was that? It's like the little kid that breaks the window. Not that I ever did anything like this. (laughs) Dancing around the backyard, slinging rocks, and all of a sudden you punch a hole in the window and you're like, oops. 
Not going to tell dad about that. Better not tell. And and you think somehow it's magically going to go away, right? And the window was actually behind the sofa. So the cra- the hole in the window that I knocked out was a, a floor window that had uh, was hidden by the sofa. So, of course, you know, you're like, oh, no one will know. And it was a couple days. And mom found it vacuuming. Like, what's this? And, and of course, you're doing that. You're, you're looking up and you're crossing the feet. You're kind of doing the fidgety feet thing. You're like, uh, I don't know. Like, all right, Scott, what, what happened? I, I don't know. Yeah, like, I don't know. Like what? Did a rock come flying out of the sky and go over the fence and go horizontal and punch right into the side of the window? Of course not. They knew it was me. But that's how we are too many times with, with God. We're like, I don't know. I don't know how that got there. No idea. And God's like, uh-huh. <laughs> I'll bet you don't know. No, I honestly, God, I don't know. We've got to dig in. Because right now, the greatest thing that we have going for us is our truth in our heart, that honesty with God. And as we face an enemy that is unbelievable, this enemy is so dark and so evil. I spent the whole afternoon reading today in preparation for tomorrow's show. And I'm telling you, when I cut through the end of the day, I was like, oh, man, like just give me a chocolate chip cookie and get my running shoes on and I'm going to go out for a while. Literally. It's it's dark. There is an evil in this place that is so committed to destroying us and God's children and God's creations. It's mind bending and they don't care. They're so deep and dark within their fear of some boogeyman crawling out from under the window or under the desk. You know, it's the banksters that have created the perfect, the banksters and these super elite that have created the perfect scenario. They've pitted nation against nation. They've fed scientists enough stuff to get them starting to worry about what's going to happen. So scientists use their, use their intellect, not for the betterment of humanity, but for the destruction of humanity, because that's the only way apparently we're going to save humanity. And in this viciousness, we end up creating these heinous weapons of war. And the state that we're in right now, you just look at it and you roll your eyes because apparently now our world war is based on nanotech and biotech and and AI. So humans are no longer even in the equation, even though humans are going to be the battle loss and the casualties on the ground. At some point, we have to simply say no. And no is not going to be like, no, I don't want you to give me a vax. I mean, that's a no, but it is like, let's stop the crazy train. And that isn't just one of us, and it's not a single voice, but that's where it begins. It's humanity coming together and saying, knock the stupidity off. We're not going to play anymore. And when they say we're going to play, it requires everybody to go, no, we're done. Just because we can doesn't mean we should. It's that simple. Galatians 6.1, brothers, if anyone is caught in any transgression, you who are spiritual should restore him in a spirit of gentleness. Keep watch on yourself lest you too be tempted. That's part of our problem right now is that people get tempted with these lures of power and these lures of, of fixing everything and these lures of greatness and fame and money, material things. And when we consider how great of a being we are, I swear God has to wonder sometimes, like, what is wrong with you people? People have been giving up their DNA for the possibility of taking a plane flight overseas. Notice what I said, a possibility. They have accepted a shot on that. People are selling their souls for trinkets in silver and trinkets in gold. And yet, what we are is a being that has eternal life if we embrace that walk with Christ. It's a world, the more that we look at it from those optics and the more that we walk in that place with Christ, this world looks pathetic and ridiculous. And it's important that we walk there. I've said this before, and you'll hear me say it again, but we live in a world where our bank accounts, when they get high, give us comfort. And yet that's exactly opposite to what God tells us. 
We should be living in a world when our bank account numbers get high, we should get nervous that we haven't used that money in our gifts and talents to help others, to use it in to enhance our gifts and talents, whatever that is. We should be using that as a process of God giving it to us to steward it, not God, not telling God we're going to hoard it, but we become hoarders instead of givers. Because as we do it through God, that bank account will refill. That's not, that seems, I think the part of that too is for those that don't walk in the intimacy of Christ, they look at this and they go, that's silly. How are you going to get the money back in there? What, has God got an ATM card? It's like, actually, God's got everything he needs. And don't limit God to how he can deliver. That's the other thing. Everything in this world is created by God, is God's. We're simply stewards. And that's one of the most beautiful statements one could ever say. That God has brought us here to be stewards of greatness. And yet we fall to the clumsiness of fear and the, and the, and the irrationality of anger and hatred. And all of that's manipulated by some person up above, meaning echelons above in the pyramid, not in God's world, that truly enjoys watching us consume one another. I've talked a lot about the Canadian issue this week. And it's an important perspective because where we are in the Canadian issue is they are trying to negotiate the reduction of mandates. But that's not the win in Canada. The win in Canada is that Canadians have been coming together to make a stand together as one, as one people. They've put aside differences. They've put aside the, the hatred and they've said, no, we're not taking it anymore. Now, the government knows what it's doing. It's trying to peddle its, its promises it's trying to peddle its illegal legislation as if to say, well, we'll reduce it if you'll go away. They never had a right to do it in the beginning. They're doing all of these things to try to get the people divided, to weaken their position. Canada needs to anchor itself deeply in its relationship with God. And it needs to hold fast. And if the world right now held fast to what Canada's doing, and we all said, okay, we're done. No more masks, no more vaxes, nothing. We're just, not, just going to ignore you. But people have this fear. They're like, yeah, but the cops will come after me. Or, oh, the boogeyman will come. I literally went to the nursery the other day to pick up some stuff for the garden. And to understand the nursery, there's a big parking lot outside. And the entry point to the nursery is a huge and very beautiful glass greenhouse. And it's, it's massive. It's, I swear, it's like half of a soccer field in there. So you get the idea of the airspace that's in there. And the actual checkout, you have to go through the nursery and all the way through the back area where all the plants are, and then you come back around to get into the area where there's kind of the store where they have the normal things like a nursery store would have. Your fertilizers and your stakes for the, for the plants and your shovels and your, your hand tools. On the main nursery, that most of it's just open nursery. So I walk in because I just ordered some a big roll of greenhouse plastic, and I walk in to go figure out where that's at. And as I just ahead of me, as we're another guy's walking ahead of me, and remember we're outside and we're going into a big open space that's open on all ends. The doors are open, everything's open. It's just got a glass roof and kind of some glass, big open kind of glass front doors that are open. And just like ritual, he hits the edge of the greenhouse and he puts on his mask. And I start laughing because I'm like, man, I guess these plants are outgassing COVID or something. But the people just aren't thinking. And they, they aren't putting this together in terms of what they're doing or what the reality is. They've just become automatons to a regulation to a rule to a to a directive given by somebody that sits on a chair somewhere in our case three hours north I guess if Kate Brown's even there making dictates and telling people what to do and people are just okay I shall I shall this the nursery doesn't even wear masks by the way they don't even have a sign up anymore that says to wear a mask just to add that point We have given away so much of our freedom. 
We have given away so much of who we are. And it's in, in that sense, and I, and I, these are going to be harsh words for some, but it, it is a blasphemy to God. God gave us everything we needed. He gave us a perfect immune system. He gave us an ability to heal. He gave us an ability to think and to rationalize through things and to have a tie-in with him for the greater wisdom of what we witness. He gave us eyes literally to see and not just to see things, but to see the patterns, the movements, the truths that sit before us, often even that are hidden behind forms of camouflage. He gave us ears to hear, not just the sounds of people and the sounds of the earth, but ears to hear him. He gave us a heart, a perfect heart that's our engine of our body, that electromagnetic engine that he can flow through us and speak to us deeply to guide us, to awaken those amazing things that sit within us, our gifts and talents. He gave us a body and a body that can move us around. It's, it's a fantastic body that if we work with it and train with it, we can do anything with this body. And yet we know that this body is just a temple of a temporary kind, that as we move through this phase, that this temple will diminish and we will move on. And yet, so much has lost, been lost in these last few years, especially the last 18 months. As humanity, we have descended to a very base level. And while I'm not saying there isn't an awakening going on, because many people are seeing this as the awakening of a new spiritual awakening, and I agree that there is an amazing amount of people coming to Christ, and I agree that there's an amazing consciousness that's rising up of the awareness of God, we have the obligation to continue to push into those that are walking in darkness because it isn't about me or you. It's about all of us. And the evil that's in this world isn't getting any nicer. And they're not going to give away anything that they don't want to give. They won't give you anything that they don't think that they can benefit from. And those that are more concerned about their 401ks and their pensions and their jobs and they're missing the whole point of what's coming. We're sitting on the cusp of the existence or death of humanity. What comes before us will either be that we will continue to thrive or we will die. It's that significant. It's not, and if you're waiting for Christ to come and save you, I've got news. That's not what God has in the plans here for us to sit and do nothing and wait. And even if Christ is coming tomorrow, we still have work to do. So there, too much of our churches have taught this complacency and, complacency and passivity in, in, in faith that we must just wait for Christ to come. We must wait for this or that. You must get along with all things. That sort of corruption in our teachings have totally walked us away from that deep core of who Christ is. I want you to think about this. And I mentioned this last night, but I really have been giving it a lot of thought. Peter, in the garden, struck the ear. I think I said last night it was the soldier. It's actually the high priest. Cut the ear off, the high priest, and Christ stayed his hand. Now, I don't know if you've ever done used a sword. And as I said last night, I do train with a sword, Iaido. To do that sort of precise action is not a clumsy act. It's a master of a sword, somebody who can pull quickly because the draw is quick. He didn't cut anything else. He didn't slice him through the chest. He didn't come downward and cut his ear off and cut into his neck or his collarbone. However he did it, whether it was a down strike or an up strike, it was a very clean cut to remove the ear. That's a warrior. That's somebody who has trained who has spent hours at the precision of moving steel to flesh. And that takes years of training. And I will tell you honestly, I'm not even at that level. So I need you to process that because we're dealing, we are dealing with a time where we have to have the mentality of a warrior. And it is so critical to appreciate that mentality. 
It's a mentality that understands the fierceness of the enemy that stands before us. And there has to be an uncompromising approach. Regardless of what happens, and it's not to minimize it, but regardless of what happens with the disciples from the time of that moment when Christ was arrested and then Christ was crucified, what ends up coming of this is a relentless pursuit of God and Christ in the expansion of the kingdom by the disciples. That in itself is profound because what follows over the next several hundred years is a growth of Christianity that topples the Roman Empire. None of these people thought short-term. None of them were looking for the quick fix. What they were looking for was the intimacy of and the honoring of Christ through that in all that they did. Too much of our time right now is looping back to trying to acquire a quick fix. We're going to do the mandates and it's all going to be good. Okay, what about justice? What about the progress and tra- trajectory they have us on to take us to transhumanism? What about those that have been damaged by the vax? I mean, none of this is factored in. They just want the mandates. That's a selfish thing. I'll be very honest. The mandates are a pretty simple action. You don't have to shut down a whole country to do it. You just say no. I'm Literally is what I'm saying is you don't have to do anything more than say no. You don't have to have trucks lining up and shutting off a border and covering a whole country unless you're seeking something greater. If you're going to make a stand, make a stand truly for what matters. First of all, anchor your feet hard on that rock of faith. Make sure that in that stand that you take, that there's an intimacy with our King and Savior, Christ Jesus. Make sure that that's in your heart because that's the unwavering strength that you're going to need. And then ask yourself, what is it worth giving everything for? I'm going to use the term, so listen carefully, liberty, because liberty is at the core of what God gave us. And in this life, if we're pursuing liberty and we have that intimate relationship with Christ, we're honoring God in the greatest of ways. So this mandate thing, nonsense. Strength, necessary. Focus, absolutely must have. Intensity, it better never die. That's the flame of righteousness that has to burn within you. An uncompromising approach to what we want, 100%. Because in this point, when we're talking about God back on the throne of this nation, and we're talking about walking as Christ walked, there's no compromise in there. There isn't, well, if you do this, we'll give you a little bit of that. The answer is no. Because God gave us it all. He gave us life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness in this nation. If you won't give us all of that, which means get out of our way, then I'm sorry. No compromise. And that's ultimately how we have to be. And if we aren't going to pursue this with that intensity, patriots, you're going to get rolled up. We're all going to get rolled up. Because this enemy's ruthless. It has a similar intensity, but not for the benefit of us. Its intensity is to destroy you, destroy me, to turn every one of us into some form of hybrid technological slave, and to make sure that when, we are, when they're done with us, that not only us, but every future generation will be born in such a way that it won't even be able to find God, let alone know what God is. And with their DNA modifications that they intend to do and their enslavement through the metaverse that they definitely have on their plans, people won't even know what a reality is. The matrix in their mind is real and it's a matrix that they want to create to permanently and forever entrap and enslave God's creation. So what is it worth to you? Because I know what it's worth to me, everything. Because I don't serve them, I serve God. And at that point, and knowing that by serving God, no matter what I do, no matter how hard I fight, and I serve him, I will have life. And no matter what they do to me, and I can fear nothing because whatever they do to me, I still have life. That's the glory of the gift and the glory of where we stand. And it's the fight 
that we must pursue in order to win. And when we do that, literally nothing can stop what's coming. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this day. We thank you for all that you bring, the blessings that you give, and the continued eye-opening perspectives that we gain on this world. Lord, we're in a time when constantly the turning and twisting of truth has become the fundamental tool of this ruling elite. They're willing to lie, cheat, steal, do whatever is necessary to keep people from finding their way home. Lord, as we sit here tonight, we put ourselves before you. We open our hearts to you. We pray that anything that sits within us that needs to be exposed, that we can see it and bring it to you to ask for forgiveness. Not just to expect that you know our hearts, but for us to know our hearts as well as you. And in so doing, be able to give testimony to that, to truly talk of deep repentance and to free ourselves from that bondage so that we can stand boldly next to the throne with you, Lord. And then, Lord, we ask for that strength to continue to rise here each day with the strength to bring up others, with the grace to touch hearts that are darkened, to bring light to the darkness so the darkness cannot be can never again do its thing, but must always be exposed. And so this time, Lord, is we are such an important time that we are walking in to truly open the eyes of those that are walking in the shadows, to be that aroma in Christ, that we can be the fragrance from death to death to life to life, and to let people see that and be drawn to that so that ultimately they meet and have the greatest relationship they ever have known, the one that we walk with, Lord, that loving and intimate relationship with Christ Jesus. Let us be that. Let us be in that walk of Christ to awaken the many and in turn, turn, Lord, to bring the many home. And we say these things in Christ Jesus' name. Amen. It's a challenging time for all of us, and in no way do I minimize those challenges. These are times that we constantly are faced with news that's difficult to take down. Maybe it's a friend that took a vax, or maybe it's a nephew or a niece that you now discover that's been taking not just one, two, or maybe three of the shots. Maybe it's somebody you know that died, and you know that that death is wrong, it's, out, it's ill-timed, which, and we know in our hearts that it's because of the injection, but how can you ask somebody when they're in mourning? This is the time when, unfortunately, the hardest of truths have to be brought forward. And I've said this recently, and I know this is going to sound harsh, but the truth is that every time somebody dies now, we need to be asking the question, were they injected? That is the only way that that truth is going to be coming forwards for people to connect. And it's difficult. And we carry those weights very seriously. We walk as a tight fellowship on this earth. This connection we have with God brings us very close together in many ways, even by distance on the internet. Yet it's our strength in that walk. It's our beauty in that walk. That we must always remember, for we are the aroma of Christ to God among those who are being saved and among those who are perishing. To one, a fragrance from death to death, to the other, a fragrance from life to life. Profound statement. So, patriots, keep your head up and your eyes forward. Never bow to evil, never relent, always press into this fight. Put your feet solidly on that rock of faith. Pray and pray to keep God tight behind us and Christ on our front. God is with us. He will never forsake us. All we have to do is trust more deeply in him. And as we do, greater things will be delivered. For he who is given much, much more will be asked. I'll see you tomorrow night for Bards FM. Until then, or until the next time, God bless. Good night.
Thank you. And out for now. All this time we had to prove that we could stand here too. All the nights been pushing through, fight for all we had to lose. Reaching out for something to pull us up to the level ground. Oh, I can see it now. I can see it now. Far away.